Hello, everybody. Welcome once again as we continue on in a series that we're doing called Get Connected. This message is part of the Encourager's Plan, which is part of the Ministry of Encouragement. So we're hanging in there on topic uh, as we continue to develop the, the idea of an Encourager's Plan, which encompasses um, sort of five parts just to help us stay on track. We talk about getting focused, and we talk about taking a stand, and uh, we talk about um, being connected, what we're talking about now. And then the next two series are going to be about being thankful, because that's being thankful for five things. And the very last series in this whole group will be about actually getting out there and encouraging two people, and we're going to be talking about love as the foundation for that. So um, along the way, we've been asking you to memorize some scripture. And uh, I hope you have, and if not, that you're going back and working on it. Hebrews 10, 19 through 25 is one group that we've asked you to memorize. Ephesians 6, 12 through 18 is another group of scripture. And as we finish with Ephesians 6, 12 through 18, uh, it says in the very last verse, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. And so that launched us in then to this series, Get Connected, which is about prayer and about being connected to the Father. We're using as the background for this series, the, the foundation for this series, the Lord's Prayer, which is Matthew 6, 9 through 13, which most of you already know. So it was, should be pretty easy for you to memorize this. The only difference might be we're, we're doing it in, in a little different version uh, than some of you memorized it in, that we're doing it in the NIV. And so by now you should have learned Matthew 6, 9 through 11, which says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in, as it is in heaven. Give us this, give us today our daily bread. It's today in this verse. Yes, give us today our daily bread. You can hear me moving off in some old translations sometimes. And, uh, cause everybody learns it that way. Like the, the verse that we're going to do today in the NIV in Matthew 6:12 is forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. A lot of people learn that forgive us our sins, as we have forgiven, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Some people learned it forgive us our transgressions, um, or, or our trespasses, is the way most people learn it. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. A lot of you learn it this, that way. One little kid who heard it that way, when he, when he got around to reciting it, he, he thought that they were saying, and forgive us our trash passes, as we forgive those who trash pass against us. I just thought I'd toss that in there. Speaking of children, it reminds me of the story of this little boy who was saying his prayers at bedtime by the bed. And it happened that that particular night, not only was his mommy there, but his grandma was there. And so the little boy starts praying, you know, and he's just uh, thanking God for things. And he says, you know, God bless my mommy and my daddy and my sister and my brother and my, my grandma and my grandpa. And uh, thank you, God, for everything. And then all of a sudden, really loud, he shouts out, and don't forget, I want a, bir- I want a bicycle for my birthday. And he, his mom kind of jumps back and, and she said, well, you don't have to yell. God's not deaf. And he goes, I know God isn't, but Grandma is. <laughs> Smart little kid. Oh, man. You get a little older, start thinking a little bit more about the hereafter. Like I, I find myself... Like every day walking into a room and thinking, now what am I in here after? Okay, is that enough? Are we done? Can I move along? 
Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, uh, so far what we've talked about in those verses in Matthew is being connected to God, seeing Him as our Father, our Heavenly Daddy, as Jesus introduced Him to us, Abba, Papa, a very intimate connection. And, and, you know, hoping that your picture of him is like that. Some people we've talked about, because it's a fallen, broken world, not everybody has a good father thing happening. And, uh, and so some, sometimes people move that right into their heavenly father. And yet he's a, we talked about this, a, a perfect father. He's, he keeps his promises. He's, you know, he's, he's capable. And he loves you more than you know. And that, that we need to approach him like that. And then we, we talked about, you know, uh, surrendering to his way of life for us, which is the best way of life. And that we sort of live in this pretty much daily dynamic of doing that. Who's going to be in control of our lives? And that peace is always found by doing it his way. And that, you know, I've, we've talked about this concept a lot. The best way I know to talk about that is, is by living, by trying to do the next right thing. And that if you hold that as a concept, it's very helpful because what happens is you quickly realize when you haven't done the next right thing. And you can begin to put pretty steady words to it, especially if you have someone to talk to, and you can, you can deal with it um, much quicker. And so um, keep trying to do the next right thing. And then you're going to mess up. See, that's the deal. We'll all mess up. And, and sometimes we get stuck, and we th- but you need to go right back to God and, and say, I'm sorry. Daddy, I messed up. I, I didn't do the right thing. And that he forgives you. And, you, and that your picture, my hope, my, is that you, you understand that he just grabs you and loves you and says, okay, now go out and do the next right thing. And off we go, empowered by his spirit and, and in his love to do the next right thing. We talked last week about daily bread. Uh, give us today our daily bread. We talked about living in the present, not getting consumed by the past or by the future. Um, and we talked about how God meets our needs and that, that we go to him with our needs, physical, spiritual, relational, and eternal, and he meets us there. We also looked at a sort of a kingdom concept about uh, the our, our daily bread, and I said that a, another way to translate it that's perfectly reasonable is give us today the bread of tomorrow. We, we touched on what that means, uh, and I, I don't want to get into the whole thing again, um, but that the... The bread of tomorrow is, is because he's coming back. Because Jesus is coming back to set everything right. We, we ask him if he wouldn't break through today in situations in our lives. And we trust him to do that. That's faith. And, and if you weren't here for that, you may want to go back and listen to that part of last week's message. You know, I didn't tell this group the story. I got a good story about the bread of tomorrow. And uh, the, it goes like this. Um, that right after World War II... As the Allies were going through and freeing different people and, and places throughout Europe, they came across an orphanage. And in this orphanage, there were still a bunch of kids, and they hadn't been treated very well. And so they were a mess, and they, the soldiers um, began to um, feed them, and medical help and, and attention was given to them, and they, they were being restored. But every night when they went to sleep, there was this horror that went through the kids and they screamed and they couldn't settle down and they didn't know what to do one soldier finally figured out the solution and what they would do is as they put them in the bed they would give them a piece of bread and and the kids knowing that they had food for tomorrow would go right to sleep because the bread of tomorrow was available today and they didn't have to be afraid 
And so there's that concept that, that I want you to know about in, in the Lord, and that's what we talked about last week. So if you didn't get it, you may want to go back and get it. Um, so we're, we, we have that figured out, and, and we, hopefully we're connecting there. And then we come to Matthew 6.12, Forgive us our debts, which is all about our sins, uh, as we have forgiven our debtors, people that have sinned against us. And this concept of forgiveness is huge. Um, we've, we talk about forgiveness here often. It keeps coming back up because it's a big deal. Really, in, in, in your Christian walk, you have to get forgiveness down. If you don't, you get stuck. And there's two parts to forgiveness. There's, there's being forgiven and there's extending forgiveness. And we really have to get both parts down. Or we'll never connect with God the way that he wants us to. We'll get stuck. And, and you'll be stuck if you don't receive forgiveness because you get stuck in guilt and shame. And you'll get stuck if you don't extend forgiveness because you get bitter. And so there's, there's repercussions for not working this out. And I believe it's included in the Lord's Prayer. Now, remember, we've said throughout this thing that the Lord's Prayer isn't just words to recite, even though I'm having you memorize it. It's a model. And that what it, what it should do is, in, in a time to connect with God, that, that as you go through each verse, you'll stop there and realize what the verse is about and connect with God at that level. Um, this concept of forgiveness was important enough that it made it in this sort of teach-us-to-pray response that Jesus gives. And, and I believe it's very much a daily thing and that it needs to be... Forgiveness is so important, you've got to keep up with it at a daily level. You don't want to let it get past a day. You may, you may want to go after every few hours <laughs> um, and, and keep clear accounts because it's that vitally important in your walk um, with the Lord. And so we'll, let's, we'll break it into two parts and we'll get them all today in our, in our series. It won't take long. But I want to first talk about receiving forgiveness and then I want to talk briefly about extending forgiveness and where we get stuck. So in this idea of receiving forgiveness, there's three things uh, that, that I, if you can remember, these three words, they'll help you through receiving forgiveness as you go through this prayer. And we'll put them in the blanks as we go, but, but you'll probably remember this because uh, you've read it somewhere before. When, it, when you go about receiving forgiveness, you just need to think of wash, rinse, repeat. You ever seen that anywhere? <laughs> if, you, if you haven't seen it, next time you shampoo... It's probably on the thing. All right? And you, so maybe that's what will trigger you to think about forgiveness. Wash, rinse, repeat. Why am I saying that? Okay. Um, the idea of, of wash, it, to me, it's like we, we sort of want to um, get the mess kind of revealed. See, we have a tendency to push stuff away. And, and if we've done something... Um, one of our tricks to deal with that is either to hide it or we go into guilt and shame and we start thinking that, that that's where we're supposed to stay and we miss the connection. Which is why I've said to you all along, you, you live by trying to do the next right thing. When you blow it, you need to go immediately back to God and receive forgiveness because if you don't, you get stuck out there in, in a bad spot. And the enemy sort of has a field day because the enemy operates in guilt and shame. God doesn't. The enemy does. And, 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 and yet... Again, fallen world, broken planet stuff. Um, a lot of us have been subjected to guilt and shame as a manipulation tactic. And a lot of us have learned it and we've used it ourselves. 
And yet, it's not a God thing at all. God's about forgiveness, so that we don't get trapped in guilt and shame. And so, when, when it comes to this part of the prayer, which we should, I'm hoping that you will pray every day. You, you think about forgiveness, and, and you go to forgive us our debts, that you stop there and you think, and you think about this. Okay, wash, rinse, repeat. What's the wash part? Psalm 139, 23, and 24, this is the wash part. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Um, it's just a little side prayer that you ask God, look, show me if I've got anything in there that I'm not dealing with. If, if I've done something I'm not dealing with, if, if I've done something and I know I've, uh, I should be dealing with it and I'm not, show me that as well. And it's just inviting God to take a good look and to get all that stuff washed. Just get it all out there. Get it, get it up. Get it, get it, you know, out so it's in the open, whatever. So you get it out there between you and God. He already knows anyway, but you need to get it out there. Okay, so that's where we start. God, search me. Know my heart. If there's anything in there that shouldn't be in there, let me know. Anything offensive, God, let me know. Let's, let's get it out there. And then the rinse part. This is where we receive God's forgiveness, His mercy, and His grace. Hebrews 4.16. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. See, not in guilt and shame. With con- you get to go to the very throne room of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We, we need forgiveness. We don't have to be filled with guilt and shame. We go to God, this is what I've done. And, and we're, we're there in the very throne room of God to find mercy and grace, to receive it. Now, some of you go, how do you receive it? You know, I don't get that part. All right. And what you do is you confess it. That's... This is how we receive forgiveness. We confess it to God. We, we just tell him what we did. He, he knows why you need to tell him. It's, it's good for you to get it out there. It's part of the, the process of, of having it rinsed away. And it's a fascinating word, confess. In, in the Greek, it's, it's, two, it's made up of two words. Um, and, and See, because sometimes people think of confession is... God, I'll never do it again. And you need to know that's not confession. First off, it may not be true, because you might very well do it again. Secondly, it's not the idea of what confession is. You, 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 you tell God what you did, but the word um, confess uh, ultimately means, God, you were right and I was wrong. So you have to connect with that, because it's about trying to do the next right thing. And so confessing to God just means you're right, I was wrong. In the, in the Greek, the word literally means same word. The word for confess means same word. It's, it's homo logeo, which means same word. So what you're in effect saying when you confess to God is, you're right. I agree with your word. I did it my way and it was wrong. And so I'm letting you know you were right. That's important because just going sometimes to God and saying, I'll never do it again, doesn't connect with the fact that you shouldn't have been doing it anyway. And, and that God's got a better way for do, for, to do it, and you have to trust him. So that's the idea behind confession and, and what you're doing as you move through the process. First John 1, 9. This was the first Bible verse I ever learned. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. When I first came to know Jesus, I was 25, didn't know much about him. I had, a, I had to say this a lot because I, 
<laughs> I still got to say it a lot, but I had even more back then. And I can remember, just keep coming to God. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, he rinses it, he cleanses it, he washes it away. It's out there, we've, we've, we've got it up, uh, out in the open, and then he rinses it away. And we're forgiven. Now, third is repeat. And you might think, well, you keep doing it over and over again. And at some level, if you're stuck, yes, you keep going back. Because some people think, well, I've already asked God to forgive me. And I've done it again. It doesn't matter. You go back. But to me, there's, there's something, there's another element to this that I want to give you. And this, this idea of repeating it is this. And, and we're taking it a step beyond forgiveness. Because once you give it to God, you're forgiven. The repeating part is actually telling somebody else. See, and the, see, a lot of people get stuck here because that, that requires a lot of humility and it feels humiliating to, to go and tell someone. And, and I don't, I'm not suggesting in any way, shape, or form that you tell everybody, and there's certainly some people you can't tell, but my prayer and my hope for you is you have one person in your life, at least one, if you're blessed, you have two or three. If you've got at least one that you can be absolutely honest with about your struggles, you're blessed. And you need to have that person in your life. And, and that, that when you're going through something, you, you, you run it by them as well. You, you talk about it. Now, people will say, well, you know, and I want to clarify this. You, you mean, are you saying that if I, if I don't tell someone else I'm not forgiven? No. When you gave it to God, you were forgiven. Let's just make sure we did. This is another layer. And, and what it does is um, it, it really helps the healing process. Because it, it keeps, see, when something's in the light, it's, it's much harder for the enemy to work you over with guilt and shame. So you get it out in the light, and, and often it's by telling someone else, this is what I'm working through, can you pray for me? Can you, can you help me in the process? James 5.16, therefore confess your sins to each other, and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And so, so, so the question, the repeat part is, um, you've been forgiven, but do you really want to be healed? Do you want to move past this? Do you want to get through it? Do you want, do you want to start making some progress? Then you, you probably need to share it with someone else. And, and, and this little statement is what I think of in the process. Um, you're only as sick as your secrets. And that's on you. You're only as sick as your secrets. You've got a lot of secrets. You, you're, not, you're not healed. Um, and so if you have someone, you need to be talking to them. If you don't, then you need to be finding someone that you can talk to that's honest. And people say, because I, I know some people don't have that. They'll, they'll come to me a lot of times and say, well, how do, I, how do I find that kind of person? And my advice to you, and I'm, I'm not, is be that kind of person. Be the kind of person that people can talk to and who know that it won't go past you, that it's safe with you, that you're not going to judge them, that you're going to be for them, that you'll pray for them. When you are that kind of person, you'll find some of those people in your life. And so that's the wash, rinse, and repeat part. Now, not only are we to receive forgiveness, we need to extend forgiveness. We need to forgive others. And the bottom line is we live in a fallen world. You've got to know that. And so um, we're going to hurt people, and people are going to hurt us. It's part of the deal of living here. And, and so our selfishness 
and other people's selfishness will cause us a lot of pain. And yet we have to be able to forgive those who hurt us. And that can, it only even becomes possible at some level when we understand how much we've been forgiven. Until we begin to receive that, there's no way you can begin to forgive others. And, um, scripturally, Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. So you've got to know that you've been forgiven. And all of us have been forgiven a lot. I mean, a lot. We've all hurt people, we've all messed up, we've all been selfish, we've all done it, and we've been forgiven. However, sometimes extending forgiveness is extremely difficult, and I get it. And, and some of you have been so horrendously hurt by people that your response when we talk about this is, I can forgive just about everybody except... For this person and that person because they did this and if you knew what they did to me you wouldn't even expect you wouldn't even think you wouldn't even bring it up that you bring it up is is infuriating because it means you have no clue the, the thing is though that the reason it becomes a problem to forgive people that have hurt us in such a horrible ways is that we we have misunderstanding of two concepts usually and one of them is is justice and the other one's forgiveness. And we tend to have a wrong view of justice and forgiveness. So I, I just want to talk about those two things briefly in the process. See, and the thing is, we want justice. Now, I want to read you this story. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there to Matthew 20. And I'm going to be reading the first 16 verses, if you want to read along. And they, they show up overhead on the slides. They were too many verses to put in the notes and not make the bulletin, you know, four pages long. So I want to read you this story. Because I think it's a fascinating story about justice. And, and I want your honest, I want you to be sort of honest in the way that you hear it. I'm, I'm sure you've heard the story, but I want you to think about it honestly. For the kingdom of heaven, it says, is like a landowner, landowner, pardon me, who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day, sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing, and he said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. And I'll pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. About the eleventh hour, he went out and found still others standing around. And he asked them, why have you been standing here all day long and doing nothing? No one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to the foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last one hired... And going on to the first. And the workers who were hired about the eleventh hour came, and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you, paid, you have made them equal to us who have borne the, who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, friend... I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired the last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Now, honestly, when you read that story, 
because of our view of justice, don't you think? I, I know for a fact that if I were out there and I'd worked all day and someone came for an hour and got the same pay as me, I would be hugely upset. Don't, don't you think you would be too? You would be, well, that's not fair. That's not justice. That's not right. <laughs> doesn't matter. What matters is that, they, that God treated them exactly as he said he would. They agreed to work for X dollars, and they got it. And, and just because it doesn't seem just doesn't mean that it's wrong. And that's what God said. Well, why are you, why does it, I, I did exactly what I said with you. How I treat other people isn't any of your concern. As long as I treat you squarely, what I do over here, and if I choose to treat them well, why does that bother you? I'm treating you well. But see, we have this kind of messed up sense of justice. And what we need to do, brings up point number four, is that we have to give this stuff to God. Give it to God. So if you've got this really bad hurt, someone has hurt you really bad, and I know that this happened, you have to decide that you're going to give it to God. You have to quit trying to get even, and you have to let God handle the justice part of it. Because it won't, it doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem right. Romans 12:19 says, Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. See, we have to, having been forgiven, and, and not going to this comparative thing saying, yeah, but I, I've never done anything like these people did. Sin is sin. There's no sin scale. We've talked about that in other messages. So we like to have that sin scale. Our sin, pretty small. Other people's sin. We've never done that. We've just got this happening. It's not right that he forgives that, and it's, but it's not our deal. So, so first off, we have to move past this off sense of justice that we have. The second thing that we have to understand is what forgiveness is. And the best way I know how to explain that is to make sure you know what forgiveness is not. Because some people withhold forgiveness. Um, their first excuse is, well, they don't deserve it. And that's, that got shot down in that last parable. You're right, but neither did you. And it doesn't matter if yours was this and theirs was this. You didn't deserve it either, and yet you got it when you came to Christ. Other people need to be forgiven. The second thing you need to know, and this is the other people, is they think that if they forgive someone who's hurt them horrendously, that they're saying, you can just come back and hurt me some more, and that's not forgiveness. That's, that's not what forgiveness is at all. Forgiveness is instant. Forgiveness is something that God commands us to do. But trust is a different issue. And so when someone has hurt you in significant ways, and I'm not talking about little tiny things, that's forgiveness. In big ways, you forgive them because God wants you to, and you, you deal with that, and that's pretty much something you do with you and God. In forgiving someone, you give it to God. You're letting them go. God, I am not going to be responsible for getting even and justice in this situation. But what, you're, what you can absolutely do is say, but I don't trust that person anymore, and until I trust them at some point in the future, everything is now different. And that's completely legitimate in this process. God's not saying go back there and, and put yourself in another horrible situation. Forgiveness. Maybe some things need to change until the offender repents. You've already forgiven them. See, you're, you're, it's not, your forgiveness isn't conditional on them changing or getting it right. You have to forgive them. But you do not have to trust them until they repent. And trust takes time to rebuild. Everybody gets that, right? Because you've had your trust violated and you know that it has to be rebuilt. 
or, or, some, or you've messed up your trust with someone else in it, if you're really of a heart that wants to repent, you understand that it takes time and you'll give it the time that it requires. And see, that's the, the difference. Forgiveness is based on grace. Trust is based on works. It's huge. It's a big difference. So, so I mean, you don't, you don't trust everybody you meet, right? Trust is built over time. If someone hurts you, you forgive them, but you may not trust them for a while. You may never trust them. That's okay. They may not ever rebuild that trust. If they don't take onus to fix it, so someone who's hurt you coming after you and saying, well, I thought you forgive me, what they're usually saying is, I don't want to go through the hard work of repenting and making it right and proving to you that you can trust me. I just want it to be over so that I can do it again. It's not what you're setting yourself up for. So, so that's why forgiveness is so different, see. It's based on grace. Trust, however, based on works. And, and it, it takes time. It may come back, it may not. Maybe that those relationships never come back. That's okay. I mean, it's sad, but it's true. If, if you're in relation with someone that hurts you repeatedly and refuses to repent, you should be changed. But it's just life. You, know, you don't have to put yourself, and that's not what God is asking you to do. But he's saying that, that you definitely need to extend forgiveness. And, and so, so ultimately what it means is I'm going to quit holding on to it. I'm going to put it in God's hands. That's the bottom line. And then you have to rest in his grace. You have to rest in his grace. That's the fifth thing. Um, if I don't rest in God's grace and give the people that have hurt me over to God, what happens is I become bitter. And, and then when I'm bitter, my life has a negative impact on the people that are around me who don't deserve it. See, because if I'm bitter, I start to lash out at everybody else. Even the people that I'm around that, that love me, I start to take it out on them because I haven't dealt with it where it needed to be dealt with. Hebrews 12:15 says, "See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many." We we withhold forgiveness sometimes because we think it's affecting the person who hurt us. And the sad reality is they don't care. The only person who hurts is you. You're the only one. And in fact, by not forgiving them, you actually allow them to continue to hurt them, hurt yourself over and over and over again. They're, they're continuing to hurt you because you're not letting it go. And they, that wedge is in there. Give it to God, whatever it is, as bad as it is, as horrendous as it might have been, you give it to God. You say, God, I'm not going to hang on to it anymore. Put it in your hands. I don't trust them, but that's okay. If they, if they want to work on that, we'll see where that goes. But if not, they're forgiven. And we let it go. And the bitterness begins to go. And that's where life is found. And so, so ultimately, this concept of connecting to God is it's paramount that you get forgiveness. You receive it. You know how much you need it. And you let it flow through you and extend to others. All made possible by His grace. And, and resting in His grace in every situation in life. So, that's... And, and believe it or not, if you do it every day, it gets better. Because you start getting rid of a lot of it, and hopefully, you know, you you can you can start narrowing the forgiveness part down to a pretty short period of time in the morning. Okay, God, this is the stuff I've done in the last since we last met. <laughs> okay, done. And then, uh, and these are the things I need to let go of. But hopefully, the people you've been hanging on to for years, you let go of, and then you don't have to keep doing it. All right.
Okay, that's enough of that. If you're watching by video, thank you for watching. God bless you guys. If you need anything, call us or write us. Let us know. We're going to pray here as a group, and uh, then we'll call it a night. Let's pray. Father, thank you tonight for who you are, for your